was giving me context of the things that I hadn't realized that there was always another side of the coin. So a challenge, there was always a gift on the other side of it. Welcome to Sacred Leaders with me, Sacred Tassias, leadership and embodiment coach, author, speaker, entrepreneur, humanitarian, and modern medicine woman. And you have found a podcast where today's top leaders, conscious entrepreneurs, spiritual teachers, and personal development experts share with you the insights, tools, hacks, and strategies to help you bring more depth and embodiment to your life and leadership and amplify your impact from the inside out. Today's guest goes by the name of Blue, and she is a devotee of life beyond the veil, a mystic medicine woman, musician, artist, TEDx speaker, host of an amazing podcast called Deja Blue, and storyteller. She has been a student in the shamanic world for the past seven years and has also devoted the last years of her life to study the gene keys so that she can support herself with these and also support her clients to show up as a higher version of themselves and truly connect with their life's purpose. She has been endorsed by Richard Rudd, who is the founder of the Gene Keys, in her teachings of this lineage. And Blue and I have some friends in common, as well as our love and devotion as students of the Master Plans. And I've been following her work for a little bit, knowing seeing what she does and really understanding that she's got a lot of wisdom to share. So I really wanted to have her on the podcast and get to know more about what the gene keys are all about. So in this episode, we jam on, of course, gene keys and really go into what are they, where do they come from and how can working with them benefit us in showing up as the best version of ourselves and honoring our life's purpose. We also speak about turning our shadows and challenges into our greatest gifts and superpowers, gene keys as an integration tool, plant medicine, and what it takes to step into true leadership. I really love this conversation, love her energy, love what she had to share. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you want to join us for this juicy conversation, keep on listening as we dive right into it. So thank you so much for taking the time and making the time to be here in Sacred Leaders. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, such a pleasure. So I was, as I was saying to you, I've been following your work through our common friends, Dev. And one thing that I've seen and I've been able to witness through following your work is that passion and devotion and commitment that you have with studying the jinkies. And personally, I had heard of them and I thought it was actually, so Dev told me about it. And I thought that it was this continuation of human design and something that just got more specific into human design and I didn't really fully get it and I think there's still so much more that I get to learn about it I know my profile and I've done it but I know a lot of people have maybe heard of Gene Keys but are in the same situation where they're like 
I think I know what it is, but I don't fully know what it is. So let's start uh -huh. there. What are they? Okay. All right. So, I mean, uh, you said like I'm devoted, I'm committed to this technology. Essentially, when I find something that I'm like, oh, this is amazing, I'm going to just keep going into it. And um, whether that's a person and I think they're brilliant or some content online or a, or a song that I love and I just listen to it on repeat. The Gene Keys came to me at a perfect time in my life and I started reading it. It's a book, essentially, or it's a technology. And I started reading it and I was like, oh my gosh, it was giving me context of the things that I hadn't realized that there was always another side of the coin. So a challenge, there was always a gift on the other side of it. And by reading the gift, it started expanding my awareness around these things that were happening in my life. And so, of course, that feeling was like, oh, feels so good. So I kept going into it. And then all of a sudden, like years later of studying this technology, I started to um, support others to guide them through and, and guide into this technology. So essentially what this what the Gene Keys is, people call it a book, but I really think that it's like it's sort of like my Bible. <laughs> it's like the thing that actually makes the most sense on this planet. Um, and it's a technology that's created by a man named Richard Rudd. It spent him seven years to create this text. And it's based off of two technologies, one which is astrology and the other which is the I Ching. So astrology, I'm sure you're very familiar with astrology, is the planetary alignment and the moment that you're born and the time. And um, essentially, this is the information that's calculated from the Oracle of the Stars. And then you cross-section it with the I Ching. Are you familiar with the I Ching? Have you heard of it? Not so much. I've heard of it, but I couldn't be, I wouldn't be able to speak about it. So okay. you tell me. Okay. Uh, so the I Ching is an ancient text created by a Chinese emperor 5,000 years ago. And it's a breakdown of all 64 archetypes of the human experience. So when we look outside of ourselves, you'll see that we're all playing archetypes. We've got like the mother, the lover, the student, the teacher, the crone, the eternal child, the artist, the muse, like, like there's so many different expressions of human and physical form. And where we get stuck in life is we get identified with one archetype. I am the mother and that's just all of that I am. And this is the label that I've given myself and I can't be anything else. Well, I am the good student and that's all that I can be. Actually, according to the I Ching, and I truly believe it, is that we're actually all 64 archetypes. So we can be the mother, the lover, the student, the teacher, the music, the, the crone, and all of it in one day if we want. And allowing the energy of what's alive to flow through us without the preconceived notion of who we think we're supposed to be. So when you cross-section these two technologies, it creates, um, and you put all of your personal information in, it creates what's called your hologenetic profile, which you said that you've pulled up your hologenetic profile um, before in the past. And this is a breakdown of the 11 archetypes that predominantly run through you. And then within each archetype, there's three different lens, uh, lenses of which we can see it through. So for example, there's 7.8 billion people on the planet. There's 7.8 billion different realities happening simultaneously. So maybe mm -hmm. there's, I don't know, 300 people that's watching or listening to this podcast and all 300 people are having a completely different experience of the same podcast because what did you eat that day? Did you do your morning practice? Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling grouchy? Are you feeling happy? Because that's the lens that you will experience life through. So essentially our lens 
is what we what we create through the stories we tell ourselves and that's how we experience our reality so within every archetype there's three lenses there's the shadow life is happening to me i'm a victim of circumstance i'm believing other people's stories over my own truth i don't live from a place of my heart or from any sort of excitement i live from other people's version of what success is this is essentially the shadow the gift is this life is happening to me i'm sorry life is happening for me um i don't understand it in the moment why this might be happening but i trust in a greater unfolding because 100 percent of the time it's worked out up until this point which is the story we tell ourselves or life is happening through me i am a divine conduit of the divine will and i am i trust my gut instincts and it always leads me into places of synchronicity profound magic and awe and wonder and so essentially the lens in which we see life through is the archetype and how we experience that archetype um, and so according to the Jinkies, every single shadow, challenge, limitation holds within it the seed of a great gift. Now, most will sit in the shadow and see it as a limitation. Not most will see the other side of the coin of why actually within that challenge holds the seed of a great potential. Now, the gift that shifts us from here to here is self-awareness and studying ourselves and so the gene keys is a roadmap into our own inner workings and understanding why every challenge has a potential inside of it and once we understand the other side of the coin we start shifting our narrative which changes our lens which ultimately changes our reality so the gene keys is a navigational tool to inner engineer our external reality mm, uh, it's a powerful 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 technology and i mean that's really just a nutshell this is such a deep deep multi-layered multi-facet technology and that's sort of a nutshell of um of really what you can expect um with it and uh you know even if i was talking about it for days i don't think it would do it justice because it's just such a profound piece of work and that's why i've been so deep in the study with it mm, i love that and one thing that really stood out for me as you were sharing this and when you mentioned with the eating as well about the different personalities and the fact that we can be all of them, we can be all of the archetypes, we can allow all of these different energies to go through us, right? And with even with the gene keys, you said there's all the different profiles and the different lenses that we can see it through. Mm -hmm. And I just, it resonates to me what you're saying as it is a gateway as well to freedom and to liberating ourselves from that construct of who we think we are and how we think our reality needs to be. So the more yeah. we can explore, because at the end of the day, we know that everything that we are telling ourselves, everything that we are experiencing is nothing but the byproduct of a story, a story that was mm -hmm. created back whenever it was, right? But we are mm -hmm. leaving that story and we are manifesting from that space. I was doing a live the other day on Instagram where I spoke about the algorithm and how we create the algorithm of our lives just like Instagram would. Like Instagram yeah. is collecting data and then uh -huh. it creates this algorithm and decides what you see more of, what shows up on your feed, all of that based on the data that it has collected. The same mm -hmm. thing happens in life, right? If you mm -hmm. tell yourself a story, you surround yourself by certain people, you engage in certain habits, um, that data collection creates a certain algorithm that decides what shows up in your life, whether yeah. those challenges and those shadows continue to show up or whether mm -hmm. greater things appear mm -hmm. in your reality, right? So as you're speaking, I'm like, oh, that would be a great epic tool to really look into where am I at and what's the story that I could be telling myself instead? Because at the end of the day, everything is just a story. 
So yeah. may as well just pick uh -huh. the one that serves me more, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like to see, I, I really like the the, uh, the analogy of the algorithm, because I think it's so accurate. And I like to think that, you know, we're, we're playing in a, in a movie. We are the main role. We're also writing this movie. We're also watching the movie. And it's like, well, what sort of role do you want this main character to play? And what story are you writing every single day through the lens in which we see life through? And it's easy to talk about it right now while there's no triggers or there's no emotions that are coming up. We're like, you create your reality. Well, yeah, I do think that, especially, yeah, we create our reality maybe only half true. I think that we create our reality through how we respond to the inevitable, unexpected reality that we're also co-creating. Um, and essentially our response to what is is actually allows us to either turn it into something beautiful or essentially it then we become a victim of it but it's really ultimately life is inherently unpredictable we just don't know we don't know what's gonna happen on this in this conversation we don't know what's gonna happen in a week from now well the only thing that we can control is how we respond to it and how we respond to it will shift it into being it happening for us or happening to us. And that's really down to the, the narrative we attach to what is. Mm, yeah, love that. So I want to know more about how this was created. You say it took um, the creator of these seven years to really write the book. And I wonder yeah. how the process of channeling it or learning about it or thinking mm -hmm. about it how did these take form right so Richard is a friend of mine um he's the one he's the man that wrote the book and um I've definitely asked him about this on my podcast because he's, he's been a guest on my podcast multiple times and I'm like Richard listen right you seem like a really down-to-earth awesome dude how on earth have you managed to create a body of text like this big so profoundly insightful like every sentence is just like what um and he's just like a regular dude you know he's like a is a dad of uh I think he's a dad of three or a dad of two um and he just you know lives a pretty regular life uh, in Devon in England and um super humble and he said that he from what I remember him telling me that he went through like an epiphany and he had three days and three nights where he went into this like timelessness space and it was just pure ecstasy and joy. And from this moment, this is when the information that Gene Key started coming to him. He doesn't usually like using the word channeling, but more so it was like an epiphany that dawned upon him and he started writing. And once he started writing, it turned into seven years of him writing this body of text. And while he was writing it, he was a student of the teachings that were coming through him. So essentially he went through the initiations of the Gene Keys while the information was coming through him. And it just so happened to be that he had a family business that, um, that supported him financially to actually be able to devote seven years of his life to be creating this text. Um, and essentially it's, it's sort of like, it's a sibling to human design. If anybody's heard of human design, it's sort of like a branch off of human design. Um, but Richard was a, you know, a philosopher and a poet, and he um, studied in the University of Philosophy and different ancient technologies. And he was very, very deep in that world. Um, and then he ended up becoming a conduit, uh, receiving this epiphany. And then all of a sudden the gene keys came through him. And I, I feel like still to this date, not that many people know about the Gene Keys for how profound it actually is. Like if really the world knew 
the power of this text I mean it could be as powerful as the bible for example like you know everybody knows about the bible but the gene keys is technology that helps us as individuals have a roadmap into our blueprint of, of this human experience like this human experience is pretty confusing right like we, we kind of all just oh get popped onto this floating <laughs> massive rock like curling through space at thousands of miles an hour while rotating on an axis held into orbit by a huge ball of fire. We're only one tiny speck in a massive cosmos, like so big. None of us really know what's actually going on here. And I don't know if we'll ever truly, fully, fully, fully know. But what we're starting to learn with self-awareness is our ability to respond to things and how we can actually start understanding our emotional state and how we respond and how our lenses are created and, and quantum physics. And from there, then we can actually start understanding our inner reality. So what Richard has created is so profound. How we created it, I won't really fully know the ins and outs. I'll get like little bits of his story. Um, and regardless, you know, I've, I've done hundreds of readings now individually for people and every single one has been pinpoint accurate to the point where I've done my own research and development and I've come to the conclusion that this is very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And that's actually something I wanted to ask you because I know that I imagine there will be many people listening to this and fully resonating with what you're saying. And I also imagine there will be people listening to this and going, okay, this sounds great, but it also sounds a little bit too woo for me. Like, okay, so this dude in England channeled this stuff or had an epiphany, right? But to see the, the people that are working with this technology are really devoted and passionate about it. I've, I've seen many people really speak about the impact that this technology has had in their lives, which is why I wanted to have a conversation around this in the podcast in the first place. So um, I guess, can you share with us how you got to know so deeply the power of Gene Keys and what tangible benefits of working with it you've seen within mm. your own personal life and mm -hmm. maybe with your clients as well? Mm. So essentially for me, it's all in the feeling. And if I open up a book, and I read something and I leave that technology or that book feeling hope, inspiration, excited, a shift of narrative around something that was challenging me deeply and I was a victim of it. And I, because of my energy shift, my external reality has shifted, I'm going to go back to it. Uh, whether you call it blah, 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 or the gene case, if it's give me something that I'm feeling a shift within me, I, I'm going to keep going, going back to it. And from external perspectives, people can say, oh, this is woo-woo, or this is that. And I'm like, okay, it is through your lens, right? Going back to the point, 7.8 billion people, 7.8 billion different lenses. So if somebody says that's weird and somebody says that's brilliant, the person that says that's weird is right from their lens. And the person that says that's brilliant is right from their lens. Um, and so with the Jinkies, for my, for my own personal experience, um, I started when I was reading it, I was like, wow, this is so accurate. Wow, this is really touching something in me. And it wasn't until I actually saw that I had a programming partner in my chart of deafness. And essentially, the programming partner, um, a little backstory, I was diagnosed five, five, five years ago with a hereditary hearing disorder. Um, I went through like a very deep kind of sadness about it as my hearing was decre decreasing quite a lot. And um, 
I became the victim of it. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to connect with people. I was getting social anxiety. I was feeling lost and disconnected. I felt alone in a room full of people. I was praying people wouldn't talk to me because I just didn't want to strain all of my energy over small talk. Um, it was uh, it was definitely um, a very challenging time. And that's when it sort of life forced me a little bit more into the internal reality because no longer was I wanting to kind of like go out and connect in that way. And that was when the gene keys came into my life. And when I studied, like pulled up my chart and I saw in my chart that I had deafness, of course, my ears prick up. I'm like, but deafness is what I'm actually experiencing. And I read the shadow of deafness and essentially it talked about how uh, deafness is a, a defense mechanism created from not listening to your own truth and constantly tuning into other people's projections of who you should be, how you should live, what you should do. And my life essentially was like, I went to a very strict English boarding school and I had parents that had a very specific lens of what success meant. And they had a very attached to that perception. And I constantly was listening to other people and I was not at all in tune with my inner reality. And what happened is over a long period of time, a deafness can be created where I'm actually deaf to my own insight. But the deafness actually is a gift because what it was doing from a shifted lens of what is, what it was doing was it was helping me to listen to my own internal truth, to actually start walking the less beaten, like the less, the path less beaten. Like it, it really started to actually activate me from being, hi, my name is Charlotte and I work in a nine to five office job and I write emails and send out itineraries and I don't see anybody all day besides my boss who yells at me to do this and this. And I live for my weekends and I live for my work breaks. That is a byproduct of me listening to everybody else's perception of what success is and completely overriding the joy of what it means to be alive and be human. I was thriving, not living. Um, sorry, I was surviving, not living. I was like constantly living to just get to the end of the day so that I could get off work, go eat, eat go eat some dinner, watch some TV and then go to sleep. So what happened is this deafness actually was a defense mechanism that was created for me to actually start looking within. Now, I didn't understand that until I actually read the gift of it, which is actually energy can never be created nor destroyed, only changed in form, according to Albert Einstein. So if energy is no longer going towards listening to the whole world and what everybody expects of me and who I should be and what success looks like, the energy turned inwards and it went into feeling, which is the sense that most of us don't send a lot of energy towards. But actually, feeling is a great truth filter because people and words lie all the time, but energy never does, never and so what it was doing is allowing me to pick up on more of the feeling realm and start operating and navigating my life through the realm of feeling. And so when I saw that actually on the other side of deafness is insight and epiphany, like having realizations. And so when I saw that I actually had a truth filter and I was operating with a superpower, my lens shifted on it. And because my lens shifted on it, the frame that I put around who I was shifted and therefore my value started to come online and so once I started integrating this insight I no longer was telling people oh I have a hearing loss yeah it's really bad like it's challenging I was actually like um, creating a new narrative around what is which was actually creating a new experience of what was what what, what was um, and so it shifted my life it shifted the course of my life and how I showed up what I do for work, how I serve people, what I do for my free time, who I surround myself with, what I expose myself to, everything shifted 
significantly. And I kept studying, kept studying. And then the Gene Keys has also talked about relationships and how you show up in shadow patterns and realizing I had this, this, this unconscious pattern of expectation in relationships and expecting them to show up in a certain way. And when they didn't show up in that way, then I was annoyed at them, but they were just being them. But I had this expectation, which was creating division, but it was an unconscious pattern. It highlighted that, saved my relationship at the time, right? It was like all these different shifts were happening. And I was like, why doesn't everybody know about this technology? It's changing my life and it's crazy accurate. So I started doing readings for friends, you know, just like pulling up their chart and looking at it. And it was crazy accurate. And my friend was like, why do you do readings? Like help people learn about this technology. No, so a lot of people don't know about it. So I was just studying, studying, and then I started doing readings. And then one thing led to another. And all of a sudden now it's like three and a half years later and I'm booked out for months with jinky readings for people and word is spread I haven't advertised it at all I've got hundreds of notes in my my laptop and every single reading has been profoundly accurate to the point where someone comes on the call going I don't really know I haven't got really a sense of direction by the time we're done with two hours they're like I am so excited about life I'm gonna do this I'm gonna implement that and to me that means it's working because somebody's energy has shifted exponentially to the point where somebody that could not see joy two hours earlier are now feeling pure joy in their heart and excitement about being themselves, then I'm going to keep doing this work. And someone can tell me that it's woo-woo and I'm like, no mistake, it's woo-woo for you, but it, it's working for us. So we'll just keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yes. And that's that's what we all want in the end like i feel this is at the core what every single human being is looking for within themselves is that permission first of all the clarity so many people who am i what do i want how who do i need to be how can i behave how can i live like as you were saying it is a pretty confusing experience sometimes and i feel like that's at the core what we all want just to find out how to be free in our experience and how to feel like we will be loved and accepted for who we are as we are but that can't start happening until we can love and accept ourselves yeah. and we yeah. can't love and accept ourselves if there's so many aspects of ourselves that we're not aware of and that in a way we're kind of scared of and maybe hiding away from so mm -hmm. I love that you talked, um, touched on that. And I was actually, I watched your TED talk and congratulations, by the way. Oh, That's awesome. So um, for those of you listening, if you haven't watched it, I definitely recommend it. And I can leave the link in the show notes for that. Mm -hmm. And I remember you talking about this journey of your hearing loss and then seeing that in your um, gene key profile. And I was really shocked. I was surprised. I was like, how can that be your... I, I couldn't understand. So I'm really glad that that came on. And so on your social media and on your website, I've seen you mention that through this work, you help people unlock their potential in, you say your potential within people's DNA and really connect to their life's purpose. With these, um, how do you do that? Like I understand the technology. I understand how it's worked for you. And I wonder if there's people listening to this that still would like to know how does this apply to me understanding my life's purpose and mm -hmm. how, to, how to find or connect to my ultimate potential. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So how I see our life force energy or like our potential, there's no seminar, there's no book, there's no teachers, there's no Himalayan mountain that I need to trek up to find my purpose and my potential. It's always and has always been within, within us since the moment that we were born. Now, you place a multidimensional, multifacet being in a 3D reality with certain limitations and constructs based off of the system that is in place. Now, it's very easy to get lost and confused and be like, oh, I have all of this. I can feel it. There's something in me that wants to come out, but this is not set up to support me to thrive. Well, okay, so if we're set up in a reality that's not actually set up to support us to thrive, how can we actually find that within us or give it context of what's actually already alive in me and start setting up my day that allows that energy to start flowing into? So how I, the analogy I like to use is like the energy that we have um, that supports our purpose is like the water from a river. And now the water's flowing, that's already there. But if we don't have context to actually what that energy is, we don't have a riverbed. So the, the water just seeps back into the soil. Now that's what we call, and most people have the fear of wasting our own potential, mm -hmm. right? We've got all this potential, but I don't have context for it. So I'm just seeping everywhere and, and I'm wasting my potential. Then this like woodpecker kind of sits it up and go, you can do more. Oh my gosh. And then it goes on Instagram stories and it looks at other people and sees what they're doing with their lives. And then we compare ourselves and be like, oh, and then it turns in on ourselves and it creates this lack of self-worth. And it's just this constant cycle that we're in because we don't have context. So what I'm doing with the jinkies, and I'm not sitting with someone being like, all right, it says there that you should be a mechanic because that's still operating from the 3D sort of like labels, but really more so being like, you have a gift at activating others into the limitless uh, potential of reality, or you have a gift at facilitation and holding space for somebody to go through a deep transformation because you've gone through that experience yourself, which creates a deep level of compassion and relatability. So when you energetically stand in front of somebody else and they're going through a process, you're going to be able to hold such profound space because your compassion is going to be this piece that's going to help them with their healing. Now we have context for what's already is. And now they go, you know what? I do love sitting or hosting circles for women. And I do love it when someone's going through a process because I genuinely feel them because I've experienced something similar. Now, all of a sudden, we've just got context for what's already alive within them. So what I do in this session is I read and go through the chart and I say, I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know about yourself. I'm going to be a stranger that shows up on your Zoom call <laughs> for two hours. I'm going to reflect back to you the potency and the magic that has been within you since birth that you may have forgotten about because society said you can't be successful at that thing. And we're going to reactivate it on this call. And then we're going to give tangible action steps that supports us to anchor it into the 3D. For example, what are you doing for the first 20 minutes of your day? What does your morning practice look like? Who, what are you eating? How are you creating this newer level of awareness and anchoring it into structural form that allows us to live it in our everyday life? Because even magic needs structure to actually be anchored in the 3D. So what are the tangible steps based on the energy or the information that we pull from the chart that supports them to start activating it now? because it doesn't cost anything it doesn't cost anything to change it first 20 minutes of your day but if you can set up the first 20 minutes of your day to be in alignment with what you actually want to create in the overall vision now you become a creator not just a victim of circumstance mm -hmm. 
So we, 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 we go into the chart, we look what's present, we look what's alive. And I also start with a session from hearing from the person, what's alive for you right now? What are you doing? What are your challenges? What are you creating? Where's your work? Where are you unfulfilled? Where are you excited? Where are your turn-ons? Where are you turn off? I understand what's alive for them. And essentially I've studied their chart. So I have the keys, they have the locks. Once they let me know what's going on in their life, I see where the keys go into what locks and give them a sense of direction. And then the second that the, the, the session closes, then the ceremony begins. I can't do the work for them. I can just guide them, right? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. It's only people that are gonna actually really create big, big shift in their lives are the ones that apply the information that I share. Mm, yeah, beautiful. And again, I love that you brought that up because when you were sharing about the shadow aspects and how you saw certain shadow aspects play out in your personal life and in your relationship, and then that supported you to shift my question the question that came up for me was well but how did you shift that because sometimes people have their awareness but the awareness itself is not enough with the awareness right. we get to do something with it right we get to integrate we get, we get yeah. to match the the awareness with action and this is something mm -hmm. that i say to a lot of people for instance like going to healing sessions or readings or plant medicine ceremonies with this attitude of like, heal me, like take right. me <laughs> with me, right? And it's like, well, yes and not. Like I say always one of my Native American teachers that I used to sit before we couldn't leave Australia, used to sit in peyote ceremonies with, um, he says the universe will meet you halfway. So you have to meet the awareness with effort. There's only, you know, the plumbers and ceremony or the healing or the breathing can show you all of these things. In, insights and and powerful mm -hmm. information but then you get to integrate the work and match that with action otherwise nothing changes exactly exactly it's it's the most important part it's like if i sit on a session with someone for two hours and they literally close the laptop and go well that was lovely and i'm going to go do everything i was doing before <laughs> exactly the same way i'm like well we're wasting our time here um, and the integration is equally, if not more important than the actual information itself, in the sense that um, if we want to create a shift, we've got to create a, sh a, sh a shift of the way that we do things. Um, and how I like to say it is like, yeah, OK, so now after the call, after the session, the information still sits here. Your job is to let the information not just sit on an intellect level, but let it drop into the intelligence of who you be. For example. There's a shadow of dishonor with the gift of graciousness. The shadow of dishonor feels triggered, feels the emotion, feels the anger, but what is done with that anger then goes out into the kitchen and there's my boyfriend. Why didn't you put the dishes away? Right, boom. This is called the shadow frequency of dishonor. You dishonor yourself and you dishonor the other person because the emotion that was felt reacted in a way that was projected on something external. Now, my boyfriend wasn't doing anything. He just came out and there was a dish in the sink. Like, fine. But I am now feeding into the shadow of dishonor. Now, when we've caught and we've brought a level of self-awareness to that shadow, what happens is, okay, I'm acknowledging that sometimes when I get angry, I project it onto other people. So how do I shift it into, this shift, into the, the gift of graciousness? Well, it's not about don't feel the anger. The anger itself is sacred. It's life force energy. It's here to tell us something. So feel the anger. Let it be alive. The shift into graciousness goes, I feel the anger and an amazing way for me to transmute this is to go for a run or to write in my journal or go be the shit out of my pillow. Like, 
you know, punch it. Like it's a pillar. It's not, it, there's no repercussions with that, but it's feeling the anger in its entirety, but it's giving it an outlet that is actually not involving somebody else in their process. So what that now does is actually gives you your power back because it brings the sacredness of the anger, gives the permission to feel it and graciously transmutes it. Now, what happens is somebody that graciously transmutes what is over a long period of time now becomes somebody that people turn to for guidance and inspiration because they people start witnessing and taking note that that's a fully embodied woman that feels it all but is so gracious in the way that she transmutes it. And now all of a sudden, here comes the coach. Here comes the mentor. Here comes the public speaker. Here comes the guider. Doesn't mean they don't feel angry, but they've activated their gift of graciousness. So it's a choice point. Yeah, and I always speak about this. um, The work that I do is really based on embodiment and leadership. And I see this all the time, how we it's easy easy and common to just leave the information up here to understand things in a really conceptual way and Mm -hmm. to think that we know things because they made sense in our brains. So sometimes we go, oh yeah, I know this. I heard it in a podcast, I read it in a book. Someone told me about it. I watched the talk, something like that. I went to a seminar and they said it, but then we put it in that box of things that made sense, but I'm never gonna make a good use of. And then there's no embodiment in that. There's no practice. So really it doesn't matter how much information we consume and collect if we're not really taking that and integrating it, like you were speaking, feeling into or finding the ways in which we can process those things and respond to those patterns, which might be always there as our default in a way Mm -hmm. that is healthy and in a way that is more empowered and self-responsible, then we're missing the whole point. So we go through life going, but I'm doing all these courses and I've studied all these ayahuasca ceremonies and I've done all of these healing sessions, but nothing is changing. The potency of the prayer doesn't match the reality mm-hmm. in our lives and it's because of yeah. that integration piece that embodiment piece which i think is super important mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. speaking of which i had another question for you in regards to this integration um piece so i know that one thing we have in common is our devotion and love for our journey as modern medicine women and our mm-hmm. studies with the master teachers and Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to say students of plant medicine because I consider myself a student of myself and life and the cosmos, if so, through the plant medicines. But I'm, I'm curious to know if, you know, everything that I've created in my business from my podcast, my book, my programs, my mastermind, my retreats, everything has come through ceremony. It's been like a, a guidance piece that has come from different master teachers in particular ayahuasca and then I've met that with action I've acted upon it but I don't Mm -hmm. really am somebody to sit on my table and decide what am I going to do now my journey has been all about my journey of finding my purpose and acting upon my purpose and Mm -hmm. creating what I've created in regards to my life's purpose is always being guided by those teachers and I've just Mm -hmm. listened and gone through it um I know though that sometimes you come out of a huge ceremony or a huge journey and there's all these insights and all this feeling and all these realizations, but sometimes it's not so easy to find exact clarity piece and how to execute and how to move forward. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we need some time to really integrate and start to understand everything that we unpacked or revealed in those Mm -hmm. journeys. So I wonder if you have found that 
Gene Keys have, support, have supported you to really integrate and maybe make a tangible, specific, more rational, quote unquote rational sense of what you've experienced and mm -hmm. tapped into through plant medicine journeys, for example? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. Um, and so lovely to feel your devotion and your work um, with, the, with the world of the plant teachers and uh, definitely feel grandma, the essence of grandmother within you. And um, so beautiful to experience that. Um, yeah, so it's an amazing technology worked with um, plant teachers uh, in a way of also beforehand with integrate with um, intention setting of like diving into maybe a shadow and being like, oh, yeah, this is actually I can feel it. It's alive for me right in here. Oh, when I see this the gift on the other side of it, but I'm not there yet. I still am sitting in that like irritation or that anger towards that person or that, that thing that happened to me. I see what the gift is, though. Now I can get really dialed with my intention going in being like, Okay, so I see that there's there's a gift of graciousness on the other side of this, but I'm still in this the aunt's honor of being super angry at my mother. I'm super mad. And I'm, so I'm going to now get clear. And I'm, I'm my intention with sitting with, for example, grandmother ayahuasca is to understand and to allow myself to feel the essence of the graciousness on the other side of the dishonor while simultaneously transmuting or feeling the feeling of what it feels like to be in the graciousness while going down in to the dishonor being where it like even started within me, how I picked it up, why I've created this narrative so that I can transmute it into graciousness. Now that's a very, very clear intention as opposed to being like, hey, I just, I just don't want to be mad at my mom anymore. Right? Like it's very like way more focused. And so it's an amazing way of setting intentions and simultaneously there's been times after ceremony where I was like, well, that was a lot. I don't even know what the heck just happened. Um, but what I like to use the, the Jinkies book is it can also be used as an oracle book. So I don't have the Jinkies book on me right now, but I do have Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. So I'll pretend that it's your Jinkies book. And how the Jinkies book can work, it's much bigger than this, but you can sit with it and go, okay, there's this energy that's alive within me right now. I've just done through ceremony. I'm not really sure what it is it's here to show me. So sit with the book like an oracle deck and you can just say a prayer and open it at the right page. And it will most likely be the page that will help you guide through whatever emotion it is that came through ceremony and understand what the gift is on the other side of it. So whether from, from my perspective, doing a lot more study with the individual jinkies and kind of feeling the texture of all of the jinkies so I can go, oh, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more of the 31st today. Um, let me read that. When you haven't done a lot of study with it, you can sit with it like an oracle deck and see what comes forward as well. But I do think that partnering the Gene Keys with any type of plant medicine experience, master plant teacher experience um, is a great combination. It's a little bit like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I love that. And I love that for many reasons. One thing that kept coming to mind where you were sharing that is you know, so many of my teachers from different traditions that I've sat and studied with um, will all say things similar to you get to pray for what you want and not for what you don't want. So it's really <laughs> important that when you are making a prayer, when you are setting an intention, when you are wanting to manifest something, that you are doing it from a space of what you want, never from what you don't want. My right. teachers say the universe doesn't understand the word no. When we say the universe, for some people, will be God, great spirit, however you want to call it. 
but it, it says it doesn't understand the word no so you get to be really intentional with how you word your prayers how you word your intentions even your goals in business in relationship whatever it is really always put your attention into what you're wanting to call more mm-hmm. of into yes. your life right so I know that sometimes in the past I've had intentions before going into plant medicine ceremonies or doing healing or before I go to sleep or when I pray in the morning, whatever, I've had an intention and I've seen the thing that wants to, that I want to become free of. I think I've seen the thing that I want to shift, but sometimes I have lacked the, the languaging around what is the gift that I'm calling in? So I can try to make that a positive. I can be like, I want to become free from these patterns versus, you know, I want to, I don't want to feel this way anymore. But at the end of the day, it's the same energy. It's saying mm-hmm. I'm putting my energy into this particular thing that I don't want in my life. Mm-hmm. But because mm-hmm. I haven't experienced the gift, maybe I haven't even had the awareness of what the gift of this is. I mm-hmm. don't know how to make the the prayer and the intention around the thing that I'm calling in because I don't mm-hmm. even know what I'm calling in. I just want that mm-hmm. this situation shifts, right? Sometimes it's easy to have the awareness around what it is that you're wanting to call in instead, but sometimes that clarity piece is not there. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited personally to look into this and see, mm-hmm. okay, what's the gift that I'm calling in with each one of those intentions? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, really, you know, like the, the, the gift and the city frequency, those two lenses, right? We talked about the shadow, the gift in the city, the gift in the city, the highest expression, ultimately, and it sounds pretty cheesy and cliche, all comes back to love. Like, really, like, if I feel stuck, like, can I feel love for myself? Can I accept where I'm at right now? Like, can I love myself in this process? Okay, if I feel anger towards my mom, can I feel what it feels like to love a little girl inside of her that's in pain? Like, can I, if I'm, you know, um, not happy with my job, can I learn to open myself up to the limitless capabilities and learn to love myself of where I'm at? Like, it's really like, yes, there's many different lenses of looking at it, but what we're actually all moving in the direction of is love for ourselves and therefore love for everybody else um and uh, and it's a great place to start with uh, the frequency and what we're calling in <laughs> mm, yeah yeah definitely mm-hmm. i i just thought of a question that i wanted to ask you you mentioned earlier that this journey of uh hearing loss connected you way deeper to your sense of feeling and mm-hmm. then through you learning about all of the different uh, profiles or, or I don't know how you call them exactly, profiles, numbers in the gene keys. Oh, archetypes. right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the archetypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The archetypes. So learning all of the different archetypes, I imagine you've gathered a lot of awareness as well to be able to see the patterns that show up in different people. So I wonder how those two things have impacted your leadership and what have you learned about leadership and how to show up in powerful leadership thanks to these two gifts? Mm-hmm. Great question. Um, well, with the hearing experience, there's two different things I've noticed. There's listening and there's hearing. And um, hearing is also sort of like, I hear someone's talking something. You know, someone's chatting about something going on here. Like, I'm hearing you. I'm like, I'm hearing the conversation. But I'm listening to you 
from the perspective of I genuinely care about what you're sharing I genuinely care about what you've got to say and I'm so curious that I'm actually going to ask you even more questions to understand your lens and your unique experience of your life now I've noticed there's two different ways of actually interacting and leadership is truly from my perspective the new paradigm of leadership is actually in the listening to somebody listening to their pain listening to their story asking questions being curious finding about the texture of this human and for example we have a small group of people and I listen to every person's perspective and lens on how as a group we can navigate this I may have that alpha role in the in the group I may be the one that's titled the leader but I am a leader through listening to everybody, genuinely being interested. And then from that place, making a decision for the greatest good of everybody involved in the space, because I've heard and felt everybody. Now, something, well, I went to a gathering last night and I, I kind of broke it into two different um, categories of um, interesting people and interested people. And an interesting person will come over and talk about themselves the whole time and not ask any questions. And actually, it doesn't matter who they're talking to. It could be a sounding board. Like it's like literally just sort of talking. And they're a very interesting person, right? And there is not, from my perspective, so much of a gravitational pull and a desire for them to be a leader because it's only a one, one lane highway right? They're an interesting person. Now, actually, an interested person, from my perspective, creates a much stronger magnetic pull because they're listening and they're interested and they're curious about what your perception of that thing is. Or they're curious about, about what, how did you get there? And this is my experience, but it's a very mutual bouncing dynamic of listening and feeling heard and feeling seen and held and supported while simultaneously bouncing inspiration off of each other. Now, for me, that's somebody that's actually a natural leader. Um, and that's somebody that I'm actually gonna gravitate towards. So with my hearing loss, my presence, activated exponentially because now I don't have the freedom to not be fully 150% present with that person while they're talking and I'm going to ask questions and I'm curious and I'm going to be so with you because now I'm receiving not only your words but also the 93% of nonverbal communication that's happening all the time um, which is actually feeling um, and it's a truth filter and you can tell when someone's just running off of a script and they just say this all the time and it's the thing that they think what everybody was going to want to hear or when they're actually speaking from a deep place of inspiration while simultaneously being interested in your lens and your perspective so there's been so many blessings that have been born from my hearing um I don't want to say hearing loss even though um yeah I think it's just a it's the decrease in hearing and the up leveling and feeling exponentially and because of COVID, I haven't been around people for a long time. Um, and yesterday I did go to a very small um, sort of uh, connection with a few people and I got to really practice that listening again and being an interested person um, and practicing that and noticing when it was very mutual uh, conversation, the gravitational pull happened. And what happens in leadership is somebody shows up and people gravitate towards their wisdom. And what is the secret source that is beyond the words as to why that gravitational happened? And then from that place with that responsibility, then being in a place of leadership 
through listening. And instead of us creating this archetypal, which would continue to perpetuate the patriarchy of a hierarchy system in the pyramid, where somebody's talking the whole time and everyone's just listening, actually, what would it look like if we move into the dominion model of, um, of, of leadership, which is actually standing in a circle and everybody has an important piece and everybody contributes. And together we take the helm and thrive in that way. So. Um, this is what I think is the new paradigm of leadership. And this is an opportunity for us to ask ourselves, am I an interested person or am I an interesting person? <laughs> and from that place, ask who you want to be. Mm, I love that. Interested, interesting. It's definitely mm. like that. And you can feel it. As I mentioned to you before we jumped on this conversation, this came up with one of my clients yesterday. And um, she, she said she was just running a retreat and she said one of her biggest breakthroughs was that the power of listening. And she was sharing with me, I've learned to always have to have the, the quick answer and say the right thing as soon as I am asked something or as soon as somebody finishes speaking. And I will more often than not be listening or maybe hearing what somebody's saying, but really I'm already thinking what I'm going to say after, right? And we were talking about the difference between leadership, maybe sometimes in the mainstream world as we see it and then leadership um, in in environments where people are really doing the work and really mm -hmm. doing the inner work right and this is something that I've learned a lot from my um, teacher that I've been apprenticing with plant medicine for years with and she she doesn't have an issue with just sitting in silence for a while after you ask her a question mm -hmm. she doesn't try to get the perfect answer a lot of the time she starts her answer with, hmm, I'm not sure. Everything is just her own perception versus the absolute truth. Right. She doesn't have a problem expressing her, um, ignorance is not the word, but maybe lack of knowledge around something or not being mm -hmm. sure about what exactly the answer to something is. Mm -hmm. And that has taught me so much because I know even mm -hmm. in the personal development industry, is easy and common to see this pattern of having to rush to have the perfect answer and just get the next quotable thing so that we can get mm. a really good interview and be <laughs> those clips on Instagram where we're just mm -hmm. mic dropping all the time and all of the things. And yeah, right. the most profound answers sometimes are coming from that space where you, like you're saying, you're really feeling, feeling mm -hmm. into the question, feeling into the conversation versus mm -hmm just trying to come up with something that sounds great and sounds mm -hmm. intelligent mm -hmm. or sophisticated so that mm -hmm. our own egos can feel approved and validated through the experience mm -hmm. of sharing, which is coming from a space of me sharing and me having an experience with myself, of myself, mm -hmm. through this environment, but really I'm just showing, showing up or sharing up what I want to be perceived or received by others from me versus right. me in this collective experience of mm -hmm. co-creation like you were saying where there's that interest and that depth mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. that Thank you. and that's like beautiful medicine from your teacher uh I'd like to say sort of medicine from the crone uh someone that's been a lot on the planet a lot longer and uh, has not got so much to prove anymore and is a little bit more deep-seated and deep-rooted in their wisdom and it's fine to take a to to, to to move into a little bit more time timelessness with it and um, there's always so much beautiful medicine from my elders in that sense and mm -hmm. that's beautiful wisdom that she's passed on to you yeah 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like you were saying, there's so much nonverbal communication. I feel like that's the that's a deeper part as well for me as as a coach and facilitating or holding space in this in this deep, I would say delicate feeling spaces, right? When you're in a ceremony, everything, the energy is so delicate. When you're in an embodiment or somatic releasing workshop, the energy is so delicate. And you you gotta really weigh your words in a way. Like you can't just be talking a lot and taking a lot of space because we're in a mission, we're after something and there's no space for you to have a little moment of saying words that mean nothing just for, for the sake of saying something. There is um, an intention, deep intentionality in those, in those moments and spaces. And I find like exactly like you said, there's so much that is being said just with our body language or if you allow yourself to even feel into the energy of mm -hmm. a person, there's so much underneath what's being said. So mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. that. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up. Yeah, thanks for asking beautiful questions. <laughs> yes. So like there's two more questions I want to ask you, but before mm -hmm. I go into that, actually then it's three questions I'm going to ask you. <laughs> um, if you had this opportunity right now to share a message with the world, anybody that's listening to this episode, um, something that you believe all leaders, every single person pursuing a career or a position in, of leadership in this world, what do they get to hear? What do you want to share with them? Mm. I truly believe that it's a leader's responsibility to support people to actually find the leader within themselves uh, as opposed to needing to lean on a leader to be able to access this information or to lean onto this person because they have something we don't which is continue to perpetuate this hierarchy patriarchy system that we've got going on actually a leader to go if you see it within me you have it within you here are some tools that have helped me and there are many tools in the world that will will, will support you in finding that level of sense of awareness within yourself to activate that leader in you too because we need everyone stepping into their personal power for us to truly shift this planet not continue to perpetuate this pedestal idol uh, society that we've created and continue to put leaders and the followers it's actually going you've got a superpower it's your responsibility to find it here are the tools that have helped me don't pedestal me because i still shit and i still fart and i still do all of these things i'm still human and i'm still living my own experience and trying to figure it out as i go along as well so just because i'm well spoken and i may be confident please don't think that i've got something that you don't have because you have it too Mm, would be beautiful yeah. thank you yeah totally agree okay so two more questions before we finish this amazing episode um first question being where can people find you and in what ways can people work with you mm, beautiful so in what ways people can work with me i have gene key readings um where i do one-on-one -on -one deep dives i do about an hour and a half to two hours of study prior to the session as well as we do a two-hour um, then dive on via Zoom. And that you can go to uh, www.bluecosmiceagle, B L U, 
and then cosmiceagle.com. And that's where all of my offerings and all of my things and all, all of the links to everything is on the website. Um, and so there's that. Um, and then I also have many different offerings that come up every now and then, but that's more of my consistent offering. Then there's the free platforms, which is YouTube channel. And um, you can find all the links to that on the website and my Instagram. And I also have a podcast as well called Deja Blue. And uh, that's all of the information is on the website there as well. And then my Instagram handle is Charlotte Victoria Blue, um, which I'm sure you'll probably put in there in the note, show notes yes. um so you can find me on instagram and through instagram i'm always sharing on my stories and all the things the ins and outs and different jinky wisdom and all of that sort of stuff so the website is where you'll find most of the things music podcast creations art um, session booking all of that good stuff um and then uh, and then there's the other things on youtube and, and the podcast and all of that stuff and you'll find that through my link tree on my instagram Thank you. Yes, I'm going to leave all of the links in the show notes for everything for easy access. And the last question is, in your opinion, what makes a leader sacred? What makes a leader sacred? Hmm. I mean, I feel like we've touched on this uh, in the episode. What makes a leader sacred? For me, what's coming up right now, what makes a leader sacred is respect and reverence for all of life. Um, and to genuinely care, not only to the people on the planet, but the animals on the planet and the insects and um, uh, the environment and the mindfulness of everything that we choose to invest our money into. Uh, everything we choose to invest our time and our energy into and actually recognizing that the sacredness is found in the mundane moments it's in the in-between moments not just when the lights and the camera and the actions are mm, yeah totally powerful i love that thank you thank you love for your time for coming here and sharing for all of the work that you do not just what you share with the world, but all of the unseen behind the scenes work as well. I'm really honoring you and the work that you do and the leadership that you bring. And I'm excited to share this episode with my listeners. No, well, I'm very, very, very honored that you've asked me to be a guest on here. And I'm super grateful to Sadef for connecting us. So bless up to you, Mama. Yeah. Um, and uh, thank you. And to all of your listeners, I'm very honored to be on here. And um, I hopefully look forward to continuing the journey with you through Interwaves or wherever we wait to continue with um, collaborating in any way, shape or form. Grateful yes. to be here. And thank you for beautiful, beautiful, beautiful questions. And I love that you're doing this work and you're utilizing media as medicine. We need so many voices on the planet that are really making that shift to media as medicine. So thank you for doing your part. Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something valuable you can apply to your own life. And if you want more of this content, be sure to subscribe so you get notified when new episodes are released. And if you've gotten value from the podcast, I would really love and appreciate if you leave us a review as I really help with spreading the word and making this content available to more people. Now, if you are a female entrepreneur, listen up, because this could be of interest to you. I am opening up a couple of spaces for my private four-month mentorship. 
I only work with a select few people at a time on this private capacity and this is one of those times when I'm calling in a couple of epic female entrepreneurs that are ready and committed to doing the embodiment work to access their ultimate potential. This is for you if you want to connect with your deepest truth and most authentic expression. If you want to fully own your gifts and build the inner confidence and inner alignment needed to stand out as a leader in your industry. A lot of my clients are already killing it in business, so it doesn't matter whether you are just studying or have an established business, this is about the inside out game. This is about you being a stand for your deepest truth and your deepest alignment and the results that you are able to create from that space. So if you want to amplify your results from the inside out, then this mentorship could be for you. Everything, including leadership, starts with him. And after coaching hundreds of women on this, I can say that this work impacts everything in life in the most profound and potent way. So I'm going to leave the link to apply for my one-on-one mentorship in the show notes. You can also find it on my website, secretassies.com, when you go to work with me and then private coaching or one-on-one coaching. And as easy as this, you just have to fill out the application. I'll personally read through every single one of them. And if I think that I can really support you and I can be the coach for you, I'll be in touch to arrange a call. I'm sending you all lots of love and thanks again for taking the time of your day to listen to this episode.